0: We choose to go to the moon in this decade, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. We overestimate what we can achieve in a year, and underestimate what we can achieve in 10. 2019 marked the 10th anniversary of Notion, and the 50th anniversary of the moon landings. Welcome to the next 10 years. 15 short episodes in which Notion and our founders share our hopes and dreams for the 2020s and consider the enormity of what we and they could achieve in the coming decade. And we are back on the podcast for the next 10 years. The next 10 years going to the moon. Who do I have with me today? Guys, can you introduce yourselves? Sure. It's Connor
1: O'Loughlin. I'm CEO of Glowfox. And Oliver Merrick, COO of Glowfox.
0: <laughs> Same company. So before I ask you the three questions in one sentence, tell me who you are, Connor
1: previous Ruby professional-turned-entrepreneur. That's awesome. Oliver? I am a dad of four, uh, second-time entrepreneur, and I enjoy, obviously, growing things, whether it's families or businesses. You
0: <laughs> Two very worthy activities. So as you know, guys, we're here at the retreat for Notion, and it's all about the next 10 years, a bit like JFK announced they wanted to go to the moon. We're gonna to go to the moon. Will we'll be first, and we'll achieve that in one decade. So, what are your ambitions for the next decade?
2: I'll jump in first. Yeah, for us um, and for me, leading the company, it's definitely about building something of purpose and impact. So, GoFox, you know, serves fitness uh, professionals, and our mission is is very clear. We're we're set to power the fitness industry, but there's Two reasons why that's important to us. The first is we're helping these fitness entrepreneurs live their own dreams and build growing successful businesses. And the second reason is that we're helping, you know, have a big impact on a large number of people to achieve their own fitness goals, whether that's tackling obesity, battling with mental health, you know, improving the health and well being of people globally is, you know, it's quite compelling and enriching. So, you know, for us it's, uh, it's about doing more of that on a global stage and, and expanding that out more. Oliver, do you want to add something?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, obviously I subscribe uh, to the same vision as Connor in terms of where we're trying to take Glowfox. That's think good you're alive. We are alive. That's gives <laughs> an eye, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> difficult question. I think that, you know, the personal motivation for me is, I love, like I alluded to earlier, kind of building stuff. So I love this idea of building exceptional companies and, and within that building exceptional teams. So what I get really excited about at Glowfox is I think there's an amazing opportunity in front of us, and we're you know we're running really fast as a as a as a team and as a company to realise that opportunity. A little bit of background: I, I came on board only just over a year ago, and, and Glowfox, uh, even just 12 months ago was essentially a, a kind of an Irish company, a one team kind of company. And now we've got offices all over the world. We're going super fast. It's it's what I get really excited about is over the next course of the next 10, 10 years, yeah, building a truly exceptional team and t- truly exceptional company.
2: Just even to expand on that too, like it's it's. Like you know, you, you can you can see the ambition just kind of increases and grows at every juncture, and and I suppose when we started out, it was more around you know servicing the industry, and now like where we're where we're going and where we see the opportunities about actually helping shape it and and help carve the direction of it, and, and that's where you know it gets really really exciting. What are the kind of biggest challenges you see that you would have to overcome in that time frame of ten years? Like tons, and and Oliver's kind of touched on, on one big one there. It's you know you're you're setting up. Uh, teams in multiple geographies and different time zones we've an office in LA Dublin and Sydney and we you know set up the, the LA and Sydney office pretty much simultaneously and it's i suppose it's difficult to really transpose the culture and you know ensure that that these aren't seen as forgotten outposts that they're you know their offices and there's they're part of our overall company and you know they're we're just this extended well connected tissue in this and it's i think that's going to be the biggest challenge is um, ensuring that that everyone's aligned and we have Everyone on the same page in terms of where we're headed and we, we. Have the ability to just recruit, hire and, and grow the company and, and build a team that we need to do to execute on, on our vision um, and to do that at a pace and, and with quality.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. You know, we're running pretty quickly as a as a business and for fitness people, that's pretty For fitness, good. this is good, right? We're throwing <laughs> lots of sporting metaphors. <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the opportunity in front of us is is big and, and only getting bigger. So absolutely, like Connor says, trying to trying to scale into that is a is a huge challenge for us. I think the other challenge, and this is the same as any industry, industry is, you know, 10 years is a decent time frame, right? So, uh, and we're so focused on the here and now, right? You know, we've got contracts to deliver, we've got customers to make happy, we've got product to ship, people to hire. How do we just keep an eye on where sporting metaphor coming up, where the puck is going to, right? So we make sure that as a business, we don't get so focused on the here and now that we don't kind of look up and see, you know, where actually is this industry going? There's a, there's a huge amount going on, the new entrants coming in, there's a lot of money coming in. You feel like the tectonic plates are kind of shifting in our industry as, as I guess every industry is. And we, we want to make sure that we are kind of core to that um, over time. So trying to, trying to keep the, the long-term vision in view is, is really important, I think, too. Yeah, I think there was uh,
0: Denis Foire. You guys might have heard about that, this bastardized version of the three horizons. Is Today, mm-hmm. 10 years and in the middle, and that's the one. How do you keep both... Eye to eyes, how do you keep the, the end while it's actually moving in the middle? So, not only for your company, but
1: in general, what does success mean to you? Success for the company is is like we just talked about, right? Realizing the opportunity, kind of growing into that space, becoming this this. Uh, we talk about being the operating system for the fitness industry. We talk about um, you know what that might really look like in reality. So that's that's kind of success. I think success for me, oh God, it sounds a bit silly, but it kind of, legacy and achievement, I think, are really powerful driving forces for me. And so feeling like, you know, we've, created something whether it's uh, you know a, a great product or we you know created jobs and we've we've created benefit you know our industry and what we do is a lot about helping entrepreneurs set up their own fitness business for the first time so there's a lot that lot of impact that we have on the kind of the various different stakeholders and for me that's a huge driver for me is, is like that sense of achievement in having realized our vision helps people set up their businesses and become successful entrepreneurs and being able to look back internally as well and look at the business that we built and said yeah we we achieved the aim of building a great business and a great team and kind of capitalizing on that opportunity.
2: For me, that's that's success. I'd agree and definitely like the, the term legacy comes to mind and not even just in terms of probably building something for customers or like the businesses and helping support those businesses, but also the end users and helping support and improve their health and their life expectancy even, but also like building that team we talked about and, and the pride that goes into that and seeing people within the team you know, get a sense of fulfillment in their work. And, and we've done this pretty well in, in previous times where we brought in some of our customers and they, they, they come in and they, they do a, f- a fireside chat. And they the good thing about our industry is we're supporting these fitness entrepreneurs that are, are more around boutique studios, you know, that's that's really where our sweet spot was, and that's where, you know, when Oliver said, you know, we're skating towards where the puck was headed, we saw the opportunity was more in this boutique because it was more of an engaged member experience, and you saw the fitness industry has, has shifted towards these folks. So, these folks that, that set up these boutiques, they come in and they often share this brilliant story where they left their corporate job to follow their passion, they remortgaged a house and, you know, set up a, a yoga studio or a CrossFit gym, and they have, like, three people working there where they're working... 24-7 for the first few months, they get to choose one software provider that, that is their operating system, which does everything from the payments to membership management to lead management to reporting, and that's us. And then, you know, if they're successful, they'll attribute the su- success to us. And then, what does success mean? It means that exact thing. They, they to talk about Joe and Mary, or you know, whoever their end members were, who who helped you know change their lives. And then you kind of see your team then, and then the team you, you stand up afterwards, and you go, "Folks, like we're doing this for thousands of people, to millions of end members, and you know, in over forty countries." And we're growing at an exceptionally fast rate. So, you know, the impact we're having is quite substantial, and that's that's purpose, and and that's pride, right? And that's uh, like so. For me, it's it's definitely about that. It's connected on the legacy, but you know, between the our team, customers, or the businesses, and the end members, you know, having a big impact on all those people is is success.
0: And you should be proud. That sounds pretty awesome. Last question, as we like to keep it punchy. I know it's a question that is not exactly related to you, but you guys are based in Europe, part of the European ecosystem. What is your biggest wish for the European ecosystem within the next 10 years?
1: (laughs) I can take that. I can take that. So... It's kind of crazy that uh, we still talk about, you know, I guess we have Spotify and if companies coming through like trade shift downstairs, you're starting to get into the the kind of the, the European unicorns. But it still feels like there's a very much, uh, you know, if you're looking in the tech world, you go to the US and you have this massive ecosystem, all the capital that sits there, all the investors are very focused on the US. There are you know, definitely other parts of the world, like uh, I used to live in Asia, so everyone talks about China and everything that's going on there. But eu- Europe is often the kind of the overlooked, it's the old world, it's kind of fragmented, all these different places, all this kind of. What's interesting for me, I'm a Brit, I just moved to Dublin, to Ireland. Well, Ireland's got this very high quality tech ecosystem, but it's, it's pretty small, it's a small pond, right? And one of the things that attracted me about Glowfox is, is the ambition of an Irish company to become a global company. So for me, I think my wish for the European tech sector is that we stop kind of talking about you know the the European tech sector is a standalone thing. It becomes part of the the global capital pool. People come in and and recognize that, you know, Dublin's the same as Boulder, Colorado, or something like that. That it's just a, a feeder into the overall, rather than uh, you know this very fragmented market. The way that people look at it at the moment.
2: Yeah, in some way, it's a it's nearly like a type of competitive advantage. Like for us, like we've got a, a small local market to serve, so we had to be international company from day one, and that served into our favor because a big differentiator we have among maybe the the u s competitors is the fact that if they want to serve a large global franchise they don't have the the ability to localize to the same extent we have because we we've built it from from day one so you know it's it's definitely played into our favor in that regard and it's been a bit of di differentiator because you kind of have some some ways in a lot of these markets the really unattentive market leader that is taking a very u s centric approach and hasn't put in the maybe the the resources to create that global localization required,
0: and there you go, Oliver Connor. Thank you so much, guys. Great, thanks. pleasure.